Have you ever longed for a five-star sleeping experience right in your own bedroom? Hey, it's Bill Bennett. I want you to discover the secret to luxurious sleep with Cozy Earth's bamboo sheet set. It was endorsed as one of Oprah's favorite things in 2018. Now, please excuse the superlatives, but they're deserved. Cozy Earth's responsibly sourced temperature-regulating bamboo viscose bedding is a game changer. Our bedroom now feels like a lavish retreat with Cozy Earth's comprehensive collection. It's not just sheets, folks. It's also pillows and blankets. And each night that you lie on these is a kind of regal invite into a kind of kingdom of comfort. See the superlatives? One almost feels wrapped in style every night, making each sleep a five-star experience. Mrs. Bennett Elaine agrees as well. The comfort of Cozy Earth's responsibly sourced bedding is, in our experience, unparalleled. It's a blend of classic charm and modern luxury. So don't just sleep. Indulge in a realm of comfort with Cozy Earth's premium bedding collection. Now, here's a special treat. Cozy Earth is offering an exclusive discount for my listeners today. Get up to 40% off site-wide when you use the code BILLBENNETT at CozyEarth.com. That's discount code Bill Bennett. Please come explore CozyEarth.com for the latest in betting and use the code Bill Bennett. Welcome to the Bill Bennett Show, thoughtful conversation about the news of the day, and we address the existential threats to America. Now, we got a wonderful response uh, to the conversation that we had with Brian Kennedy and Joel Farkas. And uh, I asked them if they'd be willing to update the situation regarding Israel uh, and other countries. Uh, and uh, they generously said they would. So here they are. Uh, what's the latest, gentlemen, since we last talked? What has happened? Uh, are we encouraged, discouraged? Where are we, Joel? Uh, I'm not I'm not encouraged. Um, I think uh, it, it, nothing surprising. Uh, we're hearing a drumbeat around the world, but more importantly, in the United States of elected officials that are basically repeating the same sort of script, which is Israel is um, needs to be investigated for war crimes. Uh, the U.N. has something that they want to look into, saying a forced transfer is a, a cute phrase they use, which was Israel letting civilians know that they should leave a potential battlefield area. And the U.N. decided that that was some sort of a of a forced transfer that warrants investigation and maybe war crime uh, tribunals for Israel. We have uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib. We have, uh, uh, you know, state uh, elected officials in North Carolina saying, uh, you know, that this is reprehensible, what Israel is doing, which, of course, they haven't yet done anything. Um, what is what is it? What are they saying uh, you know, they're going to be cutting off uh, water and food and, and, and energy. They're going to be uh, slaughtering innocent civilians. Uh, we need a ceasefire because uh, we, we, we support any innocents, innocents that are killed. Uh, we even have uh, elected officials in the United States saying our state government really is not involved with matters like this. So she, we shouldn't be voting on it. I guess they can vote on climate change, but they don't need to, to vote on whether or not Hamas committed atrocities. Uh, we have people uh, around the world saying, you know, these re- religions start, you know, is, is the, the source of all wars. I guess Joseph Stalin's 50 million people he killed and Chairman Mao's 100 plus million people and all the other 
um, uh, people that are dictators and tyrants that don't believe in God. Uh, I guess those people don't count. We have people elected in in Ireland of all places. Uh, they call themselves, you know, elected lawmakers. People make their elected, their officials, they make law talking about how, uh, you know, Israel is going to be and has been and will be committing war crimes. Uh, what are the war crimes? Again, it's uh, uh, slaughtering innocent civilians, starving them with food, water, energy, things like that. It is um, it is not surprising. It's what Brian and I talked with you about last week. Um, it is going exactly as scripted, and uh, that's where we are this week. Brian, do you agree? And if so, what will that mean? What will happen? Well, one, yeah, I do agree with everything Joel just said. Uh, what did what have we learned though since our, our last discussion? What we've seen is the pictures of babies having been burned alive. Uh, I've not seen a picture of a baby decapitated, but you have seen pictures of babies murdered and and burned alive. And that's an indicator of the kind of enemy we're talking about here that Israel is up against. I, I was I was moved by a friend the other day who said, if uh, if everyone in Hamas laid down their weapons, what would you have? You would have peace. If all of Israel laid down their weapons, you'd have the mass murder of every Jew that they could find. That's that's the nature of what we're dealing with over there. Now, of course, it's their war, but the, the friendship between the United States and Israel is deep and profound. And we can get into, into some of that later, but I think the, the revelations now about the torture are coming out. And, and it's, it's good to focus first on what has Hamas actually done here to the Israelis. And by the way, to, to, uh, to Muslims that may have just been around the Israelis, right? I mean, they were the, the indiscriminate yep. killing of Hamas, of whoever they found in Israel, was clear. Uh, but you saw this report, I, I, I think I said it, sent it out on Getter the other day. You saw this report, I think it was in the Daily Mail, of this father who had an eight-year-old daughter who was you know, had a sleepover on one of the kibbutzes. And when the attack came the next day, he was, uh, he was told she had been killed and he was actually in, had a kind of joy. It can even be called that because he knew his eight year old daughter was far better off being killed in the initial attack than taken to Gaza where oh, she would, she would have been raped and tortured and starved and beaten and then killed. And yeah, to gosh. live to live our life I mean for them yeah. to live their lives thinking that way. We don't we don't have to deal with that yet here in the United States. But I, I think in this initial, you know, first regroup after our discussion, it's worth understanding who these people are. That Israel is up against. Yeah. Yeah. I just, my own two cents and I yield to you guys on, on these things, but uh, I was talking on, on Fox last night and they showed a videotape of a student at Hunter college saying, you know, the Jews say they 
they were killing us and they were killing our children and women. It's all lies, lies, lies. Well, there's, as we say in the business, there's videotape now. And you know who did the videotape? They did. Hamas did. Videotapes of themselves going in uh, to the kibbutz and elsewhere and just firing at random, shooting at random, and killing and torturing at random. We now have evidence, and isn't it interesting, from their own hands. Not only everything you said is true, it's so horribly true, but they're proud of it. And that do they want the world to see it? I, I don't want to lose track. I want you guys to keep us on the right track so we talk about the right things. This is an update. We're just going to take about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. But I wanted to ask about the war. I, is, is it true that there is real worry about, is it Hama, uh, ha, Hezbollah uh, from the north uh, shelling Israel? I heard someone say they could fire 10,000 shells. Rockets, uh, bombs uh, would overwhelm the iron, iron, iron dome, the iron dome, uh, and wreak incredible damage. Uh, if that's off track, um, forget it. But I was just curious whether you had an opinion on that, whether you know that to be a possibility. What I've heard is yes, that, that, that is a distinct possibility if the war is going to escalate beyond Israel going into Gaza. Uh, it appears that, that strategically, what Hamas was doing was getting the war started, and now we're we're left to understand where is the war going. Yeah, yeah. They've uh, they, they've certainly started the war, and one goal the the broader Islamic effort over there has by broader Islamic meaning this is not just the Muslim Brotherhood with Hamas Sunni Muslims, but Hezbollah, which are Shia Muslims both of whom are are backed by the Islamic Republic of Iran, is there going to be a larger war? And what will that war actually look like? And this will be this will be a very dangerous and uh, big thing if you get Hezbollah in there as well, simply because of the amount of armaments they're able to deploy here and the the almost certain possibility of escalation of the Israeli military into Lebanon. Uh, as well as Gaza. Yeah, and go ahead, like, Joel, please. Yeah, I'd like to add to what Brian just said. There's, there's a, there's really two, two fronts to this conflict. One is Israel's stated desire to eradicate the threat of Hezbollah and Hamas, in particular Hamas. The other is more insidious, which is Israel needs to defend its civilization, its, its ability to exist as a country at all. Yeah, and, and that defense has to do with what people are trying to do and have been trying to do in terms of infiltrating and co-opting Israel itself. It is a classic border protection issue, and it's a citizenry protection issue. Israel has to look at both defeating a stated enemy, which is funded by very powerful countries around, in particular China, but they also have to, to, to protect. We talked about protecting liberty and freedom they have to do that and their civilization it is at it is at risk and is it also the case uh, i i believe i heard or read so much so much out there i i can't sort it all, all out but memory that a, a threat from iran and put aside the question is the whole world know that iran was involved except for joe biden uh, but a, an explicit threat from Iran 
that if Israel occupies uh, Gaza, goes into Gaza, and you know, and starts uh, taking its uh, its measure of, of of revenge, that Iran will get involved. Did I read that correctly? It's already obviously sponsoring, but might we see another level of involvement? That's certainly one side of it. The other side, though, is as I was alluding to just now, Israel needs to defend its existing border, yeah. its existing yeah. civilization, and I think that the uh, I think I, I have to believe that the, the that Israel is looking at what will they or how will they respond to Hamas's murderous torture, and that's that is one thing. The other is how do they defend their country yeah. and, and take the form of. It certainly the first can the, the first can take the form of going in and you know what 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 Israel is is hearing each and every day from the United Nations to every almost every other country in the world is not if but when they do X Y and Z they're going to be prosecuted for war crimes as criminals so there's an there's an alternative that Israel can look at and not even an alternative it is this parallel a parallel um, uh, endeavor which is there are people in Israel now. Maybe they should be expelled. There's people that want to come into Israel. Maybe their borders should be more strict. There are uh, there, there's people around the world that support Israel. Maybe they should be reinforced. It is you know Brian has talked perfectly and eloquently about border security in the United States yeah. and who yeah. letting in. What are they doing? Well, we're looking at a much smaller example of who are you letting in and what are they doing and what will you do about it? I, I would, add, I, I would add to that bill that, um, you know, the torture piece that I described that, that hits you at the level of emotions. Uh, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't necessarily be moved by that. What Joel is saying about the, the threat to their very civilization, that's the thing to focus on that Israel is now in the defense of its civilization and they ought, ought to be very deliberate about how they do this and not react just because of the torture. The torture may have been a, uh, a political act, as it were. Savage, yes, but a political act to get Israel to act too quickly no. or to no. act, with, with, act without sufficient preparation. To your point about, and because if all war is, all war is deception, but all war is strategic planning as well. The, the Hamas and Hezbollah have planned for this. Israel did not. Israel, and to the extent the United States uh, helps Israel, they need to have careful planning on how they're going to actually do everything that needs to get done. Iran is already forward deployed, as it were, if you think of it this way, an army of 200,000 men in Hezbollah. Right. And so they, it gives them a kind of plausible deniability that it's Hezbollah, not mm-hmm. Iran. But, but yeah. let us be absolutely clear. This is Iran acting with Hezbollah and with Hamas, who they're backing. And so Israel, Israel needs to take a step back here and figure out everything that will be required to get to their defense. Okay. We uh, at the at, at the committee okay. on the president. Let me make this one point. At the Committee on the Present Danger China, we did a webinar that I'd recommend uh, from last Friday regarding Iran and Hamas and Hezbollah and what has transpired here. And we had David Wormser, 
former State Department official, a very sound strategic thinker when it comes to Israel in the Middle East. And he made the point that this is a war that Israel has to win, and it has to be seen as winning it mostly by itself. And it has to be a military victory. Everybody in the Middle East has to know. I mean, America can help with with supply and what have you, but the world needs to see, and, and Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and others need to see that that Israel can take care of this. And whereas they had been asleep before last week, now they've woken up. Okay, okay. And now and now, and now they're taking this seriously. Okay, now now I am Joe Six back again, and I I, I I'm not diminishing the importance of the question, Joel, the existence of the state of Israel. And, and I'm not trying to suggest there's some other larger question. I'm trying to get at it another way through a kind of simple-minded way, or maybe it's a simple-minded way. But Brian, Brian has just helped me. If we're talking about the existence of the state of Israel, uh, and if Brian says it'll be mostly by itself, God, I hope not. Can it survive what looks to me to be at least three fronts? Uh, Gaza, Hamas, Hezbollah from the north, uh, Lebanon, uh, and whatever other front uh, Iran chooses to open. Well, well, there's a there's a fourth front, and that okay. is the entire world. Okay. Hey, so what Brian described with the, the very emotional, disgusting, reprehensible torture and treatment and of kids you have a lot of people throughout the world who even though they are they, they practice um, islam they're palestinian they're, they're they have a proclivity to have more of a of a feeling and a support for um the palestinian side than israel ever at all now yeah. what are they what, what are we we hear also hearing throughout the world and for all your listeners just read just read and listen what people say and you hear it from every 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 media outlet in the world. Uh, there's so many people that say Hamas does not represent Palestinians. Not all Palestinians agree with Hamas. Okay, um, let's take that at, at, at face value. Well, then, um, and, by, and by the way, there's a lot of people who would, would also say that um, you know they they converted because if they didn't convert from whatever religion they were to to Islam. Uh, their choice was um, was death. There's all kinds of anecdotal stories that people tell about this. Here's what I would say to the, the fourth front that Israel has to face, to everyone in the world who says Hamas doesn't represent me. Well, then what do you do? What, what do you do to say, Hamas, you're no longer in charge of our, our, our military? You're no longer in charge of anything we do. We will stand up because we, you don't represent us. We want those who represent our ideas to be in charge. Well, they, the obvious answer to that is, of course, they're not going to say that. And of course, they yeah. don't. Yeah. So what Israel is faced with is an entire world against its existence of people who, even when faced with disgusting, torturous, reprehensible behavior supported by some of the most powerful countries in the world, the easy answer for them is they don't represent me. Well, we yeah. now know. And by the way, we've always some people have already already know have always known that, but now the world, for a brief moment, is seeing it, and it's really incumbent 
on Israel and those of us who, who want to protect freedom and liberty to remind anyone within our midst when they make those kinds of statements that we won't stand for it, we won't tolerate it, and we're just not going to believe it. In the United States, Joel? In the United <laughs> We have elected officials. Remember, an elected official, as they said in Ireland, they're not, they, they call them lawmakers. Oh, I know, I know. These are no, people, these are people who, who make laws. No, I, I know. I know. I know about Elon Omar. I know. I know about them, but they're not they're not in charge. I'm not confident of Biden, but we we are preparing a, a group of Marines. We've got a carrier, maybe a second carrier. Is that all just for show or is that actually going to be there to help? And will it make a difference? My opinion is is just like you would say, a simple Joe six pack opinion. Israel needs to begin by securing its borders. Israel needs to see who are its citizens, who is who are who are there, who are not. Israel can project its 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 uh, its liberty, its ideals, its freedom throughout the world. There are places in the world that want to work with and do things with is Israel and with Jews within their borders. But Israel needs to secure its border first. That secures its civilization's existence to some to some extent. And simultaneously, then, as Brian described, it needs to be a very thoughtful, vigilant, understood, intelligent way of defeating its enemy. The most famous battle in the history of the world is is around Troy, the siege of Troy for 10 years with the Trojan horse. Israel's surrounded like for, for more than 10 years, for 75 years of people that want to see it gone yeah the only only way the siege worked the siege didn't work what happened was it was infiltrated through this abnormally large wooden horse which let people in to defeat troy after 10 years it's it, it, everyone knows about this battle but when you really look to see what happened it was an infiltration of troy by something else that didn't work militarily okay. will you comment joel on the united states we have to um, um, the United States has to defend its civilization. We cannot help Israel if we're, if our civilization um, gets decimated and it's in the process of being decimated. So it should, well, should we pull back the carrier, pull back the Marines? Secu- we, we can do all of that, Bill. We need to darn well stop, stop being infiltrated by people who want to see us gone. That's and the first. We, can, we can certainly, there are, if we want to have an immigration policy to allow people in, we should go to 180 some other countries in this world, find 10 million of the best and brightest people, 10 million yeah, want to be here yeah. in this and have the opportunity of liberty and freedom, yeah. freedom of religion, worship, private property rights, free speech, every single, the top 10 Bill of Rights and everything beyond that. There's 10 million people we can let into this country around the world that will love and respect and admire those ideals. And we ought to get everyone else that wants to see us see our demise out. All right. You're no Joe Sixpack. I'm sorry. You can't even pose as one. I'm Joe Sixpack. All right. Let's <laughs> oh. let's get our let's get our roles straight. But I, but but just break this down for me. While we are protecting our border, which we're not, and maybe that is our first order of business, should we or should we not, will we or will we not help Israel militarily? First of all, I agree with everything Joel said, and that was very eloquent, what you said, Joel. It, it strikes me that, that we could help, Bill, 
And what people who are on the ground there think is it is better for Israel for us not to help at this time unless they got into some kind of extremis. Okay. Because it, they need to show to the world that they can do this without us. Okay, do right? they? Okay. And, yeah. Now, now we we have we have you know some people on the a lot of the neocons always say, well, this is all about you know American prestige, and so we have to show American military power. Well, we don't want to hurt our friends. But what right. I'm suggesting is, and others are suggesting, this would undermine Israel, and that would not be a good thing to do. So okay. how do we help is how do we help Israel? But let me make this point and build on something Joel said, which I think is very important. This whole idea of a Trojan horse, the other side, the other side knows well that Gaza is its own Trojan horse. That for all the people who live in Gaza peacefully, there is within Gaza Hamas, and it is supported by those very same people. And those people in Gaza let the terrorists, maybe they don't have a way of stopping them, but they let the terrorists live among them against every rule of international law. And this is an important thing to reflect on because the criticism of Israel is going to be that they're violating international law. When in fact, the people who are violating international law are Hamas and the Palestinian Authority, who is not removing Hamas from their civilian population. Against the against international law, they're mixing their effective military force with their civilian population yeah. so that when you actually have to do something to deter or retaliate, it by its very nature requires going into those civilian populations, which Israel has which Israel has said, you know, to leave. If you're a civilian, leave. Who wants to prevent that? Yeah. Hamas. Yeah. Yeah. And the Palestinian Authority plays this game as if it's just going to be, you know, hey, it's not us. When in fact, the Palestinian Authority, if it cannot prevent Hamas and other terrorists from living among them, are not in fact an authority. And to the extent that they allow it to happen, they are complicit in what happens. And they shouldn't be allowed to play that game. Jordan and Egypt has yesterday refused to allow refugees to leave Gaza to go to Jordan or Egypt. They said under no circumstance, it's not going to happen. There is no, this is, if, if this was a really truly a humanitarian endeavor by all the surrounding countries in the world, we wouldn't be sitting here in this situation. So now you have, again, you have Israel being threatened by the United Nations for forced relocations, forced transference of some sort. And then you have the adjoining countries saying, under no circumstances will they allow refugees. Oh. This, this is a game, and it's a very serious game, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and it's a deadly game. I understand. And, and do you agree uh, with Ryan, at this point, militarily, Israel does not want the United States to intervene? Menachem Begin, I mentioned uh, when we talked last week, uh, yeah, yeah. he reprimanded Senator Biden. One of the other things he said in his reprimand to Senator Biden's threats was, and, and I want to remind the senator, Israel has not asked for one American soldier. And that's the case today as well. Correct. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? Okay. I would say this. I would say yeah. this, that over the last three years, we've let in almost 10 million people across our own southern border, including a lot of Muslims who may have 
animus toward the United States, almost certainly do. But at minimum, it is believed 100,000 communist Chinese have come fighting age males across our border in the last three years, two and a half years. And so it is easy to see how a world war has begun. And it is time for the United States to take this much more seriously. Our friends in Israel have had to wake up to this from an immediate attack on them. And it's time for people who believe in human freedom and the defense of both America and the West, and I include Israel in the West, to realize that this country and our civilization can be lost. And it must be defended at every turn by better representatives than we have currently representing us in Washington. Understood. Joe, last thought? Amen, Brian. Okay. Okay. Gentlemen, thank you. Um, I might try to get you again for another update as, as this thing develops. Uh, these are very valuable insights you're bringing, and they're unique, and our audience wants more, more, more. Uh, so at least allow me, give me permission to call you to ask, okay? Anytime. Anytime, though. You're listening to The Bill Bennett Show. All right, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We'll catch up next week. 